podcast where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. And I'm producer Henry J. Thanks so much for joining us on episode number 111, which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. With spring here, are you looking to improve your home but have no equity? Look to Milltown Credit Union's unsecured home improvement loan. You can learn more at milltowncu.org or visit them at 3201 Broadway. Okay, so on today's episode, we're going to share events from the Weekly Goodness newsletter. We're going to talk about the upcoming Monte Cristo Awards. We're going to have a chat with some folks from Green Everett Partnership, and then we're going to play another round of Everett Community College trivia. Let's jump in. Hey, let's take a look at some events happening around town from the Weekly Goodness, a weekly email newsletter we send out every single Monday. So, uh, Tyler, what is your event pick of the week? Farmer's Market. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that it's Farmer's Market season. So, something really big changed from last year's Farmer's Market to this year's Farmer's Market, and that is that I became vegetarian. Mm, That's right. So my like Sunday tradition for the last probably like three years has been going there to the taco vendor, which I think is Los Los Chilangos is the name of it. And, um, getting the al pastor tacos and the horchata and al pastor is like this delicious pineapple marinated pork. Oh man, it's so good. And, uh, I was bummed that I wasn't going to be able to enjoy that, uh, taco truck in my weekly tradition, but they have breakfast burritos now with grilled veggies in them this year and they're 10 bucks. So they're kind of pricey, but they're huge and two people can totally split it. So that's what I've been doing. So this Sunday, um, before I do my grocery shopping for the week, I'm going to be down there getting a breakfast burrito with grilled veggies. And, um, yeah, I love the farmer's market. So it's Sunday starts at 11 a.m. at boxcar park. Sweet. <laughs> How about you, Henry? What's your uh, event pick this week? Well, there's not too much happening that I'm into this week, but there's one event that I'm kind of being forced to attend, which is Girls on the Run of Snohomish County, uh, the 5K at Everett Memorial Stadium, because they are running right past my house. <laughs> They're running right down Oaks Ave, and uh, you know you can still sign up uh, apparently, uh, or you can help out as well. Um, it's Saturday at 9am. They start at every Memorial stadium. We had girls on the run on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. They're doing some cool stuff. So head out and support. Um, maybe I'll be out there with, I don't know. I don't know what I could give bottles of water, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I could just root. I'll just grab an air horn. Cheer them on. Yeah. There you go. Long air horn noises. You should get your bass out there. Oh, just, yeah, just, start just doing rock power, out for him. Power bass solo. That'd be yeah, great. Keep, keep them hyped up. <laughs> what about you, Garrett? Uh, so, uh, quickly before I plug my event, I did just want to give a, a shout out to the folks who put on cruise and Colby this last weekend, went and checked that out. And that's gotta be like one of the biggest events. Uh, I cannot believe how many people go to cruise and Colby now. Yeah, it is massive. So many cool cars. I love seeing all of downtown, just crazy packed. Um, I didn't make it this year, but I saw a lot of it on social media. And the best thing that I saw was the shagging wagon. <laughs> did anybody oh, yeah. see that? <laughs> I, I did not see that. Oh my gosh. Our, our friend Cassidy posted that. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. It's like an orange van, like orange 
gold flake van with a shag and wagon sticker on the back. And it was just like plush fur orange over everything inside. It's so, I don't know. I don't know if it is funny or if it's just dumb and trashy, but (laughs) (laughs) it looked like, um, the Phillies, or not the Phillies, the <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia yeah, yeah. Flyers mascot, Gritty, who Gritty, is yeah, it's fantastic. Like <laughs> if you don't know who Gritty is, just go on the internet and look up Gritty. Uh, it looked like if Gritty turned into a van. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. That's awesome. So, yeah. Very fun event. Um, but coming up this week, uh, we got the Artist Garage Sale. Uh, oh, my gosh. Coming up this weekend, uh, this Saturday. It starts at 9 a.m., uh, this is a free event, except for all the sweet stuff you're going to buy there. And this year, it's been extended uh, by one block. Uh, there's going to be over 160 artists who have cleaned out their studios, and they'll be offering their wares uh, at fabulous prices. Uh, bring cash, and uh, yeah, don't miss it. The artist's garage sale happening this Saturday at 9 a.m., uh, right by our office, actually, on uh, Hoyt Avenue, uh, right next to the Shack Art Center. Well, that's what we picked out for this week. For more details and to get the weekly goodness sent directly to your inbox every Monday, just go to liveandever.com slash subscribe. Okay, so on this week's Life and Ever, we are going to be talking about something very uh, near and dear to my heart, the Monte Cristo Awards. And the reason they're near and dear to my heart, for anyone who doesn't know, I slave away on my house every single day weekend and most evenings if the weather's nice all in order to win a monte cristo award yeah you've been talking about trying to win a monte for years <laughs> since now since i became a homeowner yeah over my old house on maple and now my house on uh, colby and um, yeah i want that monte cristo so award. basically this whole segment <laughs> is about uh trying to encourage people to nominate, nominate tyler's house <laughs> my house yes i'm using my my uh, platform. Hopefully your neighbors are, here. are listening. Yeah, totally. I'm sure they are. I think they all listen. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the, the, the actual awards aren't until later this year. They're, they're in the fall in October. But what's super relevant right now is the, the nominations are only open through uh, the, the rest of June. Right? I think July 1st is, is the deadline. And uh, so now is, is the time, whether you're trying to get that house spru- spruced up to uh, – get a nomination or if you want to recognize one of your neighbors who's yep. done yep. a good job yep. at fixing up their property. Yep. Who wants to take a stab at explaining what the Monte Cristo awards are for anyone who doesn't know? Uh, I suppose I will. Uh, so essentially the, the Monte Cristo awards, which have been happening for decades, it is a way to award people who've taken uh, pride in the neighborhood Um, there's a few different categories that you can nominate someone's home for. And it's super easy to nominate, uh, people. If you just go to the city's website, evertwa.gov, and they actually redesigned the website recently. So there's a nice big search bar right when you land on the website. So in the search bar, if you just type in Monte Cristo awards, boom, it'll take you right to the page with all this information. But, uh, there's four different categories you can uh, nominate people for, uh, green gardening, Uh, This award is given to homeowners who have implemented natural or green gardening practices. Uh, There's also an award for neighborhood friendly business, uh, pride of the neighborhood, which is a real popular one, and also uh, rejuvenation and transformation, uh, which those ones I think are the coolest to see, like the dramatic before and afters. Totally. Um, So yeah, nominating somebody is super easy. You can do it right online. Uh, Just snap a 
you can upload up to three photos, snap a few photos of the house, jot down the address and just a couple sentences of why you're nominating them. And I think, I'm not 100%, but I think you can nominate as many houses as you want. So a uh, great way to kind of recognize your, your neighbors who are doing a, a good job at uh, making the neighborhood look good. I love the money monies because um, that's what I call them now. I call them the monies because I'm just such a... You're so local. Yeah. Yep. I love the Monte Cristo Awards so much. Uh, I love pride of ownership, you know, and hard work, you know, like I think that... <laughs> You're right. I don't want to go off on some big tangent, right? But I think like hard work and sweat equity and all these are like important virtues. And for like us, you know, we're small business owners. We have both of our houses that we've bought have been like total fixer uppers, you know, not really like what we wanted in a house. And uh, I've had to work my butt off to get the house that I want, but I've come to like love it. And uh, it's like good, you know, like yard work after sitting in front of a computer all day is like good for the soul, I think. And you get to learn a lot of new skills when you're fixing up an old house. You make some like serious mistakes and fray all your appliances maybe once or twice. And, uh, it's good. So I love, uh, I love the Monte Cristos cause I love pride and ownership and hard work. Yeah, I don't like working on houses as as much as you do. I like the finished product. I like I like the beautiful <laughs> I like the beautiful looking house with like the manicured landscaping and especially it's 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 always great to see a house where the owner clearly has taken pride in it and it looks beautiful. But then when you start getting their neighbor's houses also looking nice and you get this whole stretch and it's just so attractive. It's totally. like it makes you want to go um, walk in the neighborhood or just be, be out and about more. Like it's just so much more in, inviting. And I think there's a lot of kind of positive ripple effects, uh, from that. So I, I really appreciate people who, who put in the, the time and effort totally. like yourself. Yeah. I do feel like since I've been, you know, just kind of working on houses for like the last five years, you know, like in my free time, I don't really know what to do when I have like it's a good hobby. Yeah. This weekend I was sitting and like on yesterday, I was like, I'm just going to chill and not work on the house today. And it was impossible for me to just sit still and not, cause there's so much to do all the time. It becomes like an addiction. Well, yeah. So go nominate Tyler, uh, <laughs> please and, do or anyone else or who anyone lives else. in your neighborhood, uh, might be more appropriate. Uh, yeah. Super cool way to recognize your neighbors. Uh, once again, those nominations are due by July 1st, but, uh, just do it now do it this week. Don't, don't slack off on it. Um, why not trying to get my house recited and repainted by July 1st. So bada bing. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to learn more, um, I don't know. The, the, the URL is not super clean, so I'm just going to recommend you just go to <laughs> everettwa.gov. And once again, in that search bar, just type in Monte Cristo Awards. I think that's probably the easiest way to get there. And once again, super easy to nominate people. Uh, there's a link uh, right on the page there. And uh, yeah, super, super cool way to uh, recognize your neighbors doing good things. Henry didn't have much to say about the Monte Cristo Awards. I don't own a home, <laughs> so but we do have voicemails, right? We do have voicemails to play. Uh, the first voicemail is from Dan Ernesty, uh calling in to give us an update on how the uh, Lime Scooter program has been going so far. Massive shout out to Dan for hooking me up with tickets 
for the Storm game. It was fantastic. Got to sit in the club level. You lucky duck. It was rad. Um, maybe Dan can awesome. get me a Monte Cristo award. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Dan, Dan, Dan's the guy right Dan now. Dan is the guy. Dan is the nicest. Massive shout out to, person. to Dan and to Angel the Winds Arena for making me feel like a VIP. It was very, very fun. And I got to see my first basketball game since 1996. Wow. So that was pretty rad. And the storm won and it, the arena was full and fantastic basketball. Um, what does Dan have to say? What does my best friend Dan have to say? All right. Should I play it? Let's play it. Here we go. Hey, this is Dan Ernesty. Thanks for the kind words. I'm calling about the Lime Scooter Initiative or pilot program. So after six days, and I'm calling on the 23rd of May, so we've it's been out there for uh, six days. I'm calling about 11.30 in the morning, so it's not even the full day. But we've had 2,000 rides. We've had 977 individual riders with over, well, 2,342 miles traveled. So that's the results. I will say it's a pilot program. The people who don't like it will be sure to complain. Um, But what I've found just in working in city government is oftentimes the people who are supporters don't make their voice heard. And because of that, the city council oftentimes gets a skewed opinion of of what the quote-unquote public thinks. And so I really encourage you that if you are positive um, about the Lime Scooter uh, program, or if you have an opinion about it, I should say, one way or the other, uh, that you let the city council know. And there's lots of ways to do that. Look online, look on the city's website. You can you can email, you can call, you can do all kinds of different things short of showing up and, and talking in in, uh, in the public process at a city council meeting. So lots of different ways to make your voice heard. Thanks. Bye. That's a lot of rides. That is a ton of rides. Over 2,000 within... Uh first six days so that's like over 300 rides a day and i mean of course when it's brand new there's going to be a lot of people interested in it so um and i think that's a good thought too on um you know kind of having every everybody's voices be heard in, in, in the city um because i would say i'm probably guilty of that if i'm like for something and i'm i'm not necessarily going to be super super vocal about it per se but yeah, i think that's a good call to contact our uh, city council representatives and uh, we've also got another voicemail from Patrick, uh, and I think he also talks about the Lime Scooters. So uh, let's check that out. Hey, fellas. It's Patrick from Riverside. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Tyler. It was great to meet you in Lowe's the other day. It's fun running into you guys around town, and hopefully can do it again. I wanted to drop a line about the Lime Scooters. I've seen them showing up in some of the neighborhoods, but I share the complaint or the concern maybe is a better way to put it, about them all being clustered downtown. I would really love to see if the city could work with Lime to sort of spread them around a bit more. And my proposal on that was, what if you put a couple of the Lime scooters at each of the bus stops in certain parts of town? Those are already located by the Everett Transit people as being central locations that are pedestrian accessible. And I think it would be a great way just to hook the community together together a little bit better instead of just sprinkling them willy-nilly everywhere. Put them at the bus stops, at least a couple, and see what happens. I'd love to have them uh, more accessible and more available so I can try them out. 
for just what you guys described, being able to have a short walk, hop on it, zip up to QFC or Toggle's Bottle Shop or something, and then zoom back home without having to dust off the car. Keep up the great work, fellas. Loving the show. See you around. Well, hey, thanks, Patrick. Yeah, that's a good thought of, uh, yeah, maybe utilizing bus stops as places to park the scooters. Two thoughts. Uh, Patrick, it was great to meet you at Lowe's, too. I'm there almost every weekend, so hopefully I'll see you again, um, too. Interesting, both of our voicemails this week about the Lime Scooters. People love talking about Who the would have thought that the Lime Scooters, one of the latent benefits of Lime Scooters, is that people actually would call in and leave us a voicemail on the Living Ever podcast. That is very true. So That's all it took. We just had to get Lime Scooters for yeah, people to start calling. Totally. I echo what Patrick says. Um it would be really cool because I w- like with the storm game, right? I didn't want to drive. I knew it was going to be crazy. So I walked because I couldn't find a lion scooter. I walked into town and then um, I, I found one obviously pretty easy downtown and I got to scoot home. But it would have been nice if I could just like walk to the park that's by my house or walk to a bus stop that's by my house, hop on it, go for a ride. I do feel that it's kind of lame that they all just kind of end up back in downtown um, and then they get kind of dispersed throughout the city and then once again end up back in downtown. It'd be nice to have them spread out so more people in neighborhoods can hop on them and like what Patrick said, go go to the store, go go into downtown instead of coming out of downtown. Totally. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting thought for sure. Uh, I, I definitely could, could see the benefit. Yeah. Of having a more spread around. Um, but yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, give us a call. L- let us know uh, whether it's on the scooters, which I think is going to be a continued uh, interesting topic um, or um, also on our discussion about the upcoming Mon- Monte Cristo award nominations. We'd be curious to hear what do you do to flaunt your uh, neighborhood pride Drop us a line through social media or leave us a voicemail, 425-341-3731. And we'll be right back with our interview with members from the Green Everett Partnership. Sorta Culture, Everett's Garden Arts Festival, a celebration of creative outdoor living, is June 7 through 9, featuring garden artists, local nurseries, food trucks, wine garden, live music, and special guest Cisco Morris, Saturday at 2 p.m. More at everettwa.gov slash events. Hey guys, Garrett here, along with Charlie Vogelheim and Elisa Dawson from the Green Everett Partnership. And uh, hey guys, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. So uh, I know you're both involved with the Green Everett Partnership in slightly different ways. So maybe we could just start off uh, if you could tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do. Sure, I'll go first. Um, so I I am a uh, I work for an organization called Forterra. And uh, Forterra is a regional environmental nonprofit. We're committed to making this region uh, that's truly sustainable environmentally, socially, economically. And um, our byline is by securing the places, both uh, are all urban, rural, and wild, that are keystones to a sustainable future throughout the state and especially around the Puget Sound. Um, And so we view parks in, in our cities here along the Puget Sound as um, some of these keystone places and and an important way to secure them is making sure that they're being cared for and that they're being stewarded. Um, And so that's what our participation uh, in the Green Everett Partnership is all about and using the passion and the muscle power of the hundreds of community volunteers. Nice. Cool. And how about you, Elisa? 
I have been volunteering as a lead forest steward for the Green Everett Partnership for about two years now. I'm a resident here in Everett and I got involved by going to the training that Charlie conducted. And I've been the lead forest steward for Rotary Park, which is in Lowell and on the Snohomish River. So I've been hosting volunteer work parties there uh, about once every other month. And I get to lead volunteers, other volunteers, along with other forest stewards and helping maintain that park and keeping it a beautiful space. Very cool. So I'm excited to learn more about um, what what all is entailed in the Green Everett Partnership and what that looks like um, with your, your stewardship at, at Rotary Park. But I want to just zoom out f- uh, uh, real quick and, and talk about from a little bit of a wider lens. Um, why is stewardship important? Yeah, and I'm going to talk about this in the context of our urban forest um, and our, our urban, uh, our forested parkland and, and natural spaces that we have here in our region. Um, I think we are so lucky to live in this region that we can go experience nature in our cities. We don't need to drive two hours into a national forest to to, to truly get to, to wild spaces. And um, I think that's what makes this region really unique and what's, what makes cities like Everett incredibly awesome to live in. And unfortunately, though, that these places are, are at risk. Um, the old management of these idea around these spaces was that since they are native forests, that we don't really need to do a lot with them. We can just let them do their thing. But um, since they're in the middle of these these highly dense urban areas, they're experiencing a lot of disturbance things. Uh, species of of plants that people have brought in, uh, whether accidentally or in their gardens, have escaped and and are growing rampant in our forests. Things like the Himalayan blackberry that we see growing out of sidewalk cracks everywhere or English ivy. And those are threatening our forests because they're completely covering the ground and preventing any young trees from growing and, and replacing any of the trees that are dying. And in some cases, ivy can even grow up the trees and just pull them down when the next big windstorm comes. And so we have given these forests uh, about a hundred years of neglect and allowing these invasive species to just grow rampant in, in, in these urban forests. And I mean, I, I really value them. I, I, I love going out and in, into them and enjoying them. And um, it's, I, we need to start taking care of them and making sure we first undo this kind of years of neglect and then um, continue to care for them into the future. That makes sense. Yeah, anything else that you wanted to add to that, Elisa? Yeah, you know, protecting these spaces, I think, is even part of a broader conversation around our quality of life. You know, we think of sustainability, and we mean more than just sustainability of the actual forest itself. But for me, as a volunteer and a resident here in Everett, I think of stewardship in my community and the social aspects of volunteering and being out there with other people from Everett who care about this place. And by protecting the forest, it seems, you know, they're not just protecting the trees and the animals that live there, but we're really protecting our community. And I also think that the economics of it are also something really important to talk about. You know, having spaces that draw people in makes our community uh, a place, a destination, really, for people to come. And so by partnering with Forterra and the city of Everett, in the community here in Everett, I see conservation and stewardship and all these things protecting all three aspects, you know, economic, social, and environmental. Yeah, it, it is crazy how it does play into such a much bigger picture, uh, which is really cool. I see... Uh, clearly a lot of uh, inherent value there. 
I am curious though, even moving back a little further, um, I'm, I'm curious what got you, each of you, uh, originally interested in this type of work. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I grew up, I always loved being outside. Um, I was fortunate to grow up next to a, a national forest and I loved spending my free time hiking and, um, was really, um, passionate about letting other people have access to these areas and, and making sure that, uh, even in urban areas like in Everett, that people can, can still experience this wilderness. And so, um, that became my passion. And then I also really enjoy connecting people to their natural spaces, connecting them to their place. And I think that, um, by inviting folks to come out and get their hands dirty, plant some trees, they get to, to know what's living there. They get to know what's growing there. And in that way they're, they're building connections to their natural areas. Yeah, like Charlie, that was something that was super important for me growing up as well. I grew up on the Puget Sound, and I've always been drawn especially to water and the land next to water. And particularly now at Rotary Park, which is along the Snohomish River, it's a place that when I first moved to Everett a few years ago, I went to and was drawn to. And now I get to help protect it. And so having a resource such as Green Everett in our city is awesome. And I also get to do this work professionally as well. So it's something that's really important to me. That's super cool. And how long has this Green Everett partnership been going on for? Uh, it's been going on for about, uh, I believe it started in, in 2013. So what would that be? Six years now? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go in a little deeper, uh, specifically on this, this Green Everett partnership. And I think probably using what you're doing, Elisa, at Rotary Park, um, cause, cause you, you guys are doing this at parks all over Everett, right? Yeah. Um, but just using Rotary Park as the example, um, tell me a little bit more about what, what that's like. How often do you guys get together and kind of specifically what's the type of work you're doing? How many volunteers are coming out? Kind of all that good stuff. Well, there are work parties almost every Saturday, and actually we have some on weekdays now as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really exciting, and you can, if you go to our website, Green Everett, um, you can actually see those dates. But as far as at Rotary Park that I'm helping with, I'm helping put on work parties about once every other month. They're on a Saturday. We work from 9 to noon, and we uh, have an array of people who come out, you know, sometimes we'll have smaller work parties, but we actually every May partner with the Rotary Club who comes out. And when the Rotary Club comes out, we have over a hundred people often at the park and they throw a big barbecue and everything afterwards. So it really is a gathering place for people and to come together on, you know, this collective goal of making our city thrive. And is, and is the work you're doing, because you had mentioned, like, was it the, the blackberry bushes and some of these different invasive species that really kind of take over and aren't healthy for the, the ecosystem there? And so are you mostly kind of ripping out the, these extra invasive uh, species and whatnot? That's one thing we do. We do a lot of removal of invasive species. We have a lot of blackberry at Rotary Park. We also have a lot of ivy as well as other invasive species that we want to remove, especially because it's next to the river. It's a really vital ecosystem. We call it a riparian ecosystem, which means it's next to the water. And so we have salmon in the Snohomish River, and we have so many other animals that rely on that ecosystem. And so we are trying to remove those invasive species in order to replace them then with other native species. And so other things we do at the work party is also plant those native plants in order to replace. Because any time that you remove invasive plants, you do want to replace them with something else. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Gotcha. And are there, um, now are, are you the only steward for Rotary Park or does each park have multiple different stewards? Uh, it usually depends on the park. Um, some parks have a team of stewards that have been working there for a while and, and some parks uh, only have one. Um, Elisa is the head steward at, at Rotary Park, but then we also have some kind of floater stewards that also will, will come to her event and, and help support. Nice. Very cool. And how many, um, are, are you guys tackling every single park in Everett? So when the Green Everett Partnership was uh, founded in six years ago, we created a 20-year management plan. And in this plan, we uh, mapped all of the Everett Park lands that are considered natural area or forested. And there are three, 354 acres that, that we mapped in this plan. And this plan, you can actually read it online on our website at greeneverett.org. And um, this, this plan was that in the next 20 years, all 354 of these acres will be begun to be actively managed. Mm-hmm. So begun to remove, uh, begun to be cared for. And, um, and so at the moment we are at, we are working with volunteers at, at seven parks across Everett, but then the city also has professional crews go out and do work on some of the areas like steeper slopes that might not be as volunteer safe. Mm, Sure. Nice. Yeah. It's really, really cool what you guys are doing. I love it. Um, do you have any practical tips for anyone listening? Um, like, my wife, for example, she, she works on weekends, so she's not going to be able to come out to a, a work party. Um, but are there things that people can do maybe in their own um, properties or, you know, maybe have a park in their neighborhood that, that they're interested in, in cleaning up or just, I don't know, I guess practical tips for stewardship or conservation efforts? Yeah, Um I would say, well, first of all, if you have the time and you're available, coming out to volunteer is great. We're always looking for more volunteers. Um, also, if you are interested in becoming a forest steward, we're always looking for more folks to kind of come up and step up and become these community leaders and, and adopt these sites. And um, I think the really cool thing about our forest steward program, people like Elisa, is she's the one that's determining when she's having events. She's determining what's happening at these events. And so uh, I'm provide the forest stewards the training and the expertise that they need to make these decisions but ultimately it's 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 them that are leading these community efforts and so if elisa wanted to start holding events on wednesdays because she's working on the weekends i'd happily support that um and so that's something and then also just being good stewards of if of the land that you are renting or owning i think is great there's a couple of plants that um have the potential to spread into our natural areas like ivy um, or if you do have weeds growing on your yard, caring for them so that birds don't eat the seeds and spread them into our natural areas. And then also just, I think, going out and enjoying the forest and being out there is just a great way to, um, to, to, to get out and, and activate these spaces and, 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 and enjoy these spaces that we have. And I would second all of those. You know, another great thing is to tell people what you care about. If you care about your parks, we should be telling our elected officials about them and about the Green Everett program. And there are lots of things that you can do at your house or in other ways. There's the Pilchuck Audubon Society in our area, which also helps us make backyard 
wildlife sanctuaries. And so someone could look into that if they wanted to kind of do their own sort of stewardship on their own property. And the city of Everett has other great programs to help deal with stormwater and improve water quality. And there's a lot of resources out there. But the best thing you can do is just to you know, go out, enjoy these spaces, be aware of your behavior and, and think about what else you could do to be sustainable. Totally. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, you know, something you said, Charlie, that I never would have thought about was you made a comment about how having weeds grow in your yard and then a bird might pick up those seeds and go drop them uh, other places. And I guess there's probably things like that that uh, I, I never even would have thought about because I've heard some people talk about with um, just, just weeds in general. Oh, they're natural. You know, you don't need to worry about it. And some people who aren't as hands-on with wanting to maintain a real sharp-looking yard, let's say, and they're, oh, I'm just going to let whatever grow wants to grow. Um, are, are there any other things like that um, that people just might not think about that, uh, you know what I mean? I think so. Uh, first of all, I want to clarify the word weed is kind of contentious. Um, and the way I define it is a plant that's not growing where you want it to be growing. So what may be gotcha. a beautiful plant in your yard, that's fine. But then if, if it ends up spreading and then um, spreading and, and preventing native plants from growing, then we might start calling that a weed. Uh, a, a term that we also use is, is invasive species um, for, for those as well. But um as far as on the river, I think something important to think about with those invasive species that come in is that they prevent other plants from growing. And so that's the really important component of the invasive species. And so, for example, for me, along the Rotary Park shoreline, you'll see a lot of blackberry. And blackberry, you know, can get tall, but it only gets 15 feet tall or so, and it's preventing trees from growing. And it's really important that we have trees growing on the shoreline because they're providing shade for the river and habitat and bugs grow on those trees and drop into the river and that's actually food for our salmon and so when we have those you know weeds or invasive species growing there are other effects of that that we have to think about and that's why we're trying to manage them there specifically yeah that makes sense i'm curious what your guys's favorite thing is about working with the green ever partnership uh i think mine is definitely getting to work with these incredible community volunteers like Elisa. It's such a joy to uh, see these folks get excited about their natural areas and um, their enthusiasm. And, and then even the volunteers that just come out for a days, my favorite days are the days when I get to come out to events and, and help help out with them. Yeah, I think those events are really magical for our community and they're great gathering spaces to talk to everyone. And we have this common goal when we're all there. And one of my favorite parts about volunteering with Green Everett and, and specifically at Rotary is being able to ask the folks who come out, you know, does anyone know what the name of this river is? And a lot of people know, but a lot of people, it's also their first time really experiencing that and being able to show them that we have this awesome resource asset really in our community and there's access here to the river and you can interact with it. And getting to teach people different ways of improving the environment um, is also really great. We do live staking, which is a form of planting at Rotary Park every spring. And it's, it's my a, favorite. It's an yeah. awesome experience because you actually are able to take twigs that are existing on current plants. And if you cut them in a certain way and put them in the ground, they will 
they'll grow roots and and become a, a, its own plant. It's yeah. really awesome. And every spring I get to do that at least once, sometimes twice if we have enough work parties. And to see the look on people's faces is so fun. And they'll often ask, "Hey, can I take some of these home for my own yard?" You know, yeah, you can, and you can do this on your own. And so being able to show people that has been a great experience. Yeah, and people love coming back to that park, too, and watching that that plant that they stuck in the ground grow and flourish into a tree Mm. is really awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. I like that. That seems like it would be rewarding for sure to get to watch it grow up over time. And um, So how can people get involved uh, locally here in Everett if they want to come participate in some of this? So we have, as Elisa mentioned, uh, a volunteer event at pretty much every Saturday at the moment. Um, go to our website, greeneverett.org, and you can find when those are happening and, and how to RSVP for those. Um, also, on June 1st, we are having our Green Everett Partnership Orientation. And this is our annual orientation where uh, I go over our 20-year management plan. I take folks on a tour of one of our act- active restoration sites, our, our oldest one, so we can see the progression of the work that's been done there. And this is a, gr- a great opportunity to find more about the work that we're doing. And then if anybody's interested in becoming a forest steward, this is a, a really good introduction to, to, to that work. Awesome. Yeah, I'd really recommend it if people are interested to become a forest steward. And it really doesn't take needing to know much or really anything when you show up. Charlie does a great job training the volunteers. And, and then you can you know, volunteer on your own time and figure out what works best for you. And we have a number, uh, to go back to forest stewards, we have a number of, of, I guess, levels or different ways that people are engaging. I'm, some folks come to every single event and are helping out, and they know these parks real well. And some folks are more support stewards, and they come when they're able to. They may be a little bit more busy and can't commit as much time as other people. And so any way that folks want to get engaged is, is great. And I also, um, our events are very family-friendly. I like to say that they are for all ages and abilities. So even if you have, you know, um, a four-year-old kid they can come out and help pull weeds uh, and even if you may, might not have the ability to bend over and and do some of the work you can still help uh, with the management of volunteers so all are welcome definitely Thanks. we want everyone to feel welcome and we do work as the foresters to make sure that everyone has a task that they're comfortable with and they're interested in and it's really our goal to make everyone feel welcome cool uh, I also want to plug one uh, one event uh, called Green Everett Day that happens every October. This is our, our version of Earth Day because uh, when you plant with native plants, you want to make sure that it's wet and raining. So in April, when Earth Day normally is happening, it's not the best time to plant plants. So we celebrate Green Everett Day, and this is um, a day where we get over 100 and people i think last we had close to 150 people come come out and we plant uh, about 700 plants in just three hours and it's a really fun community event this year uh it'll be on october 26th at thornton a sullivan which is the park right next to silver lake awesome yeah very cool Well, anything else that you guys wanted to add before we sign off here um, no, this has been such a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks for coming on and thanks so much for all the work that you guys are doing. Um, really stoked on what you guys are doing and, and, uh, thanks for sharing about it. It's something that I wasn't really familiar with at all. So yeah, really, really appreciate it. Oh, well, we hope to see you out in the forest. Yeah. I'm going to have to try and make it out one of these days. Definitely. Thank sure. you. All right. Thank thanks. you. Time once again for Everett Trivia, Everett Community College Trivia. Garrett still controlling 
the game. Uh, I think Darn right. three questions up, I want to say. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tyler looks born ready. Sorry, I was just reading a um, Wikipedia article on Everett Community College history, so I could. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, geez. Somebody take that laptop away. Try to win. Well, here's the first question. When achieving the dream named EVCC as a leader college of distinction last month, the college was recognized for what? An increase in the number of students completing math and English requirements during their first year, an increase in year-to-year retention, an increase in degree completion, or all of the above. Uh, when achieving the dream named EVCC as a leader college of distinction, Last month, which I'm guessing was a couple of months ago. When I went to Everett Community College, one of the learning objectives that they talked about that was really important was critical thinking. That's like, of everything else you could learn there, that's like the thing they wanted to uh, long-term potentiate, which is a fancy word for learning. Um, I also learned that at Everett Community College. But (laughs) I'm going to use the critical thinking skills that I learned there and say all of the above. I went with D, all of the above as well. That is very correct. Yes. All of the above. Boom. Question two. How many athletic teams does EVCC have? Five, 11, 15, or 18? How many athletic teams? Do the mathletes count? I don't think that they have mathletes there. Mm. Five, 11, 15, or 18. Man, athletic teams. What about the hacky sack club? It's a club, not a team. Dang it. Yeah. What so we're about? T- we're talking basketball, baseball. Okay. Keep naming. Nope. Keep naming. That's <laughs> it. You get two for free. <laughs> okay. I know it's a, I know. Five, 11, 15, or 18. Okay. Well, this is going to be a shot in the dark. I'm going to say 15. I am guessing 11. It's 11. Dang. I got lucky. Oh. All right. Last one. How many middle and high school students will visit EVCC for the Students of Color Career Conference this month, which I believe was last month? Uh, how many middle and high school students will visit EVCC for the Students of Color Career Conference? 1,700, 2,500, 3,200, or 5,000? Middle and high school students. 17. I'm so confident about this. 25, 32, or 5,000. Oh, man. Do, 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 do. I've got to, you know, I've got to just follow the Chisholm method um, here. Even though I think it's too many, I'm going to say 5,000 because that's what the, you just got to stick to the method. It's like blackjack, you know? I'm guessing 3,200. Garrett's on fire, man. 3,200. I knew it. I knew it. Lucky left and right here. Well, you know, I guess the 20 years of employment and... 50 years of schooling at Everett Community <laughs> College has really... It's all paying off. <laughs> paid off for you then. <laughs> hey, do you want to help support Live in Everett and help us continue sharing stories about good things happening in Everett? Well, yes. you sure can through our Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon page set up at patreon.com slash live in Everett where you can donate as little as $1 per month. We have different tiers. You can get sweet perks. We sure would appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Thanks to all of you who help support us through Patreon. If you donate $5,000 through Patreon, I'm just going to say it now. I will tattoo nearly anything 
you want on a hidden part of my body. Wow. Five grand. That's huh? going to be the Five actual grand. tattoo. It's going to say nearly anything you <laughs> want. <laughs> Just huge. Like across your back. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. Come and be one of the 100 patrons. Be a part of the crew. You could also watch Live and Ever TV early on Friday instead of Monday if you're really into that sort of thing. Uh, I believe that starts at a $3 pledge. Just 3 bucks, And you get a cute button. Are we still doing that? We are, yeah. All right. There you go. Gold button. I mean, it looks gold. Yeah, it's not solid gold. So oh, really? Try and melt it down. Yeah. Oh. You don't have one? Well, I thought it was solid gold. I always thought that was a great buy for somebody, but... Is that why you pawned yours? Um, <laughs> I didn't pawn it. I sold it on Craigslist. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out on the Live and Ever podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you sure can podcast at liveandever.com or leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. Thanks for joining us today. Special thanks to everyone from the Green Everett Partnership, Dan Ernesty and Patrick from Riverside for calling in, and Oliver Ralph Army for our theme music, and to our producer, Henry J. I was thinking about this this morning, how we always thank our producer, Henry J. at the end of this, but he's really like the producer and also a host now. And I don't know. I feel like if we're going to do that, then we should just thank all the hosts. So uh, (laughs) thanks to you, Garrett. Um, Thank you to uh, me, Tyler. And remember, everybody, good things happen in Everett because of you. So thank you so much for listening and being a part of this wonderful city. Have a great week. This is why we're Everett till the grave.